Do you have someone in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's reading with you, thinking that you're just going <laughs> to love her latest selection? Oh, no. Inevitably, you really just can't stand that latest book they picked. <laughs> That's us. Oh, yeah. We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy books that build up new worlds, that invite magic and mystery and sometimes happiness Mm -hmm. into our lives. Uh, Science fiction and fantasy are amazing. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality, sometimes Mm. a little too much. Mm. You can keep your elves in space operas. I will. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would have never picked up on her own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even a book that isn't entirely your style may ha- may may mm, may question mark have some redeeming qualities to it, right? I guess we'll see. And we definitely need to do a spoiler alert on this one. Yes, we do. You didn't spoil alert me. No. And no. the very first thing I need to do is offer a huge apology. Oh, weird. Thank you. <laughs> because I accept. <laughs> you don't even know why I'm apologizing. I yet. accept all the apologies. <laughs> So I read this book. The book we're talking about today is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is part of the Millennial Millennium series Millennium. Um, by Stig Larson. And um, they were written in the early 2000s and then yeah, yeah. published posthumously. He died suddenly at the age of 50. Yeah. And um, I read them right when they came – well, maybe within a year of them coming out in, yeah. the, in the U.S. The mid-aughts. Yes. Yeah. And – as usually happens with me, I promptly forgot everything in the book. So when I... Are you kidding me? No. You, you made me read this book and you didn't even remember most of it? Correct. Oh. I remembered liking it, being, you know, captivated by it, thinking it was a fast read, all that kind of good stuff. And I started reading this again and I was like, oh, God, this is a terrible pick for Jessica. This is going to give her nightmares. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible friend. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible, terrible friend. I should never have selected this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All deserved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I have um, to say. Sidebar, not part of this particular book conversation. <laughs> I finished a lovely book this weekend, which I knew, knew Christine would be like, oh, no, that's no good. I don't like it. Books where <laughs> goblins eat people that are trapped in cages. So what did I do? I wrote Christine and I was like, I like you so much. I'm never going to make you read this as a podcast. That is true. 100% because I, true. I want you to keep podcasting yep. with me. Yep. And instead, Christine made me read this horrible, horrible, very bad, no good, didn't like it, didn't even finish it. <gasps> Book. Wow. Okay. So I, I'm I mean, I glad read, I read out in. I'm glad you didn't finish it because I, I, I can't explain. I don't know why I didn't remember how <laughs> woman hatey this book is. Um, I'm sorry. So this is a Swedish book. Yes. And say his name again. Stig Larsson. Stig. Okay, stick. stick. Mr. Larson. Uh-huh. Um, so Mr. Larson wrote this book in his native language in Swedish. Yes. The title of the book in, in Swedish, Swedish is. is uh, men, men who, who hate, hate women. women. Jinx. What? I know. Why? I'm not buying you Coke. Like, I'm not doing it. You don't. <laughs> I brought you a cookie for our podcast. And, and you're taking it back? I'm not going to take it back. I have my own cookies to eat afterwards <laughs> to console myself with food. But um, this was rough. And I, yes. like, most of the time, even if I'm not like super jazzed about it, you, know, you finish it sure. because we're talking about it. Right. This one could not. Yeah. So yeah. 
Okay, just a little bit of background on him because his story was fascinating. It's really interesting. Very yeah. sad. And yes, yeah. yeah. So he, you know, grew up in in Sweden. He mm-hmm. worked as a journalist and mm-hmm. as a photographer and a couple of other things in Stockholm. And he got incredibly active in, through his journalistic work in. Um, what was happening around far right extremism in Stockholm yep. in Sweden? Yep. And he became uh, a kind target. Of a, yeah, he became a target. He became a socialist. Mm-hmm. Like his whole life's energy was around combating right. far right extremism in Sweden. So much so that he would not marry his longtime partner because he was afraid you have to publish your address when you do yep. that, that people would find him. Yep. Like that is some dedication to yep. your cause. Well, the part that's the most upsetting is that he, at the ripe old age of 15, witnessed his friends, and I'm using that term mm-hmm. very loosely, gang raping a young woman yes. whose name was Lisbeth, which is why the yes. protagonist in this book is named Lisbeth in her honor. That's right. We should read the spoiler alert because we didn't do that. We, yes. we said spoiler alert, but we didn't actually read and it. And then you just yelled at me. I, so. No, you started. You admitted guilt, and then I did. I, I fell conti- on my sword. I continued to shame the you. The pylon. Yes. yes. Okay. So you go. Um, so now's the time for us to warn you that we're going to discuss the whole book, including the ending. There are no magical twists in this one. No. Uh, if you haven't read The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stig Larsson yet, and you don't want us to spoil it for you, stop reading and go, uh, stop listening and go read to it. But just kind of an FYI on this, there is some graphic uh, forced sexual encounters in yes. here, um, both uh, for like first person and otherwise. Yes. It was a surprise. Yeah. So again, I was I was very surprised when I reread it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a terrible pick for me. Oh, bad me, bad friend." Mm. It's okay. If the story had been interesting, I, I think I would have been like, "Okay, you can kind of okay." Like it's 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 a hard boiled mystery in part, mm-hmm. but you kind of get that there's you know at the beginning you know that the, the general storyline is um, there's this guy Michael. Yeah, Mikhail. Mikhail. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a financial journalist, and he wrote an expose about someone who then sued him for libel, and he's kind of getting fired, but not really. So he's trying to build back up his credibility. Right. And he gets this offer for both money and more information on the guy that won his libel case uh, if he does this research into the Wagner family. Right. I don't know if I'm saying that one right either. I think it's Wanger. Wanger. My pronunciation is all wrong. I don't know why you don't do Swedish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a personal failing. I but should, go ahead. I should keep working on it. Sure. So he starts looking into this Wenger family, of which there are very few living relatives. And, <laughs> and they're all horrible. <laughs> they're all horrible. And this this 80-year-old man is trying to figure out what happened to his great niece like 40 years ago. Right. She went missing. And so he starts digging in to this family history along with Lisbeth, mm-hmm. who is um, – she's like an online detective lady working for a security company. And the two of them come to figure out what, what has happened right. 40 years ago and is happening right now. Right. So like, OK, maybe. Maybe that could be OK. You know, mysteries aren't like my total jam. Right. Eh. Um, I could not get into it. Really? No. That's interesting. So Mm-mm. meaning – was it because you were so repulsed by the other stuff or nope. you just didn't like it? I just like didn't that? like it. Interesting. So okay. the first 40 pages were incredibly hard to get through all on their own. So the first hmm. – uh, maybe 37 Okay. right? But, you know, you can round up. I, I, that's fine. I'm trying to be accurate here. Sure. The first mm, number of pages, <laughs> they're all uh, Michael – Bloomquist. Bloomquist. That's how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Bloomquist. It's all his recounting of the trial that led up to him um, – being sued for libel. Right. And so it's, you know, like financial blah, blah, boat, blah, blah, da, 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 da. It was so boring. It was so boring. That's hilarious because that's how I usually am with your world building. Uh-uh. I just, just don't awful. care. Don't care about the dumb elves. Don't care about yeah. the 
world yeah. where up is down and down is up. Yes. But this, mm-mm. I was actually interested no, in. No, That's funny. No, I... You know, usually it, I do like a day beforehand. I'm like, okay, it's Christine's <laughs> right. pick. I'm going to do it. I'm like, I'm like Eeyore, like, this is going to be bad, <laughs> but I'll do it. Um, so this one I knew I was going to have a rough go with. Okay. So I tried to start it like two weeks ago. Okay. And I got like three pages and I was like, oh, this is the worst. <laughs> and then finally a couple of days ago, I was like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. So I like, sat down, child is in bed, husband's doing husband stuff. It's like, okay. <laughs> We do this. I made it like, I don't know, 20 pages in, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> this is it? This is it? Okay. I can kind of plow through. And then, you know, you get past that part that for me was a little bit harder because it wasn't it, it wasn't as central to actually moving a story forward. And okay. it really wasn't world building either. It was just this uh, incredibly tedious background information okay. Okay. for me. Sure. Um, I feel like I'm saying, no offense, but everyone knows you mean offense. Like, <laughs> no offense that I think your book was awful. <laughs> <laughs> None taken. And this was not a good pick for you. Well, I no, fully admit. But then when I actually started getting into the story, I just wasn't feeling it. It just That's interesting. Even the mystery of it, I was like, well, okay. Yeah. She mails, there's flowers that get mailed every year. Right. That's a, weird. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to, I was trying to remember back. We had visited Sweden Mm. And Stockholm turned out to be one of my very favorite cities in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I always enjoy reading sure. about places that I have been. So when this came out, yeah. I that part appealed to me. I think I actually – I'm glad you're seated because it's going to, you know, make you fall over or something. Mm. I think I actually read the book the first time. Like held really a book in okay. my hands and read it. You're a lady of many mysteries. I know. Yeah. And – the reason that I think that is because there's a map of okay. this north part yes, of yes. where he is. And I was trying to figure out if we'd been in that area. And and I haven't looked at the book since then. And I don't know why I would have picked up the book other than, hmm. you know, having read it. Oh, and then there's that family there's tree family that tree. you're looking at, too. Yeah. Um, and then I definitely listened to it because Simon Vance is the reader and he okay. does a lot of stuff and okay. and so I I knew that that was he was the reader. Um so I've actually read it twice and seen the movie and still didn't remember. Like my brain is just a steel trap. Maybe that's your body <laughs> trying to tell you something. Maybe your brain is like let it go. Don't go back. Bad. It's, bad people. You're, you're not going to like it. You should stop now. <laughs> and you were like, no, that can't be possible. Everybody. So the thing that just is bananas about this to me is like this was like top book. Yep. People love. And I can't figure out if like I don't I don't know Mr. Larson. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't right. remember a lot about um, his passing and then the promotion of this book. Right. But sometimes, you know, if an author passes, you can use that to try and kind right. of promote the book a little bit more. Like, oh, look, things are happening. Right. And – but this book won a ton of awards. It yeah. won local awards. It won the, like, best Swedish crime novel. It run, won a British IT, IVT3 award. Right. It was – he, Larson, was USA Today's, like, person of the year in 2010. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. Well, mm-hmm. I – so – the thing that is really interesting to me about it, you're right that normally if an author dies, mm. it prompts people yeah. to revisit their work. He died before it was even published at right? all. Yes. So he was you – know, and he was not well-known out of the U.S. No. I mean, he may have been well-known. I, I have no idea how well, known Well, maybe for his what... journalistic sure. work. But he hadn't – so uh, fun fact. Go. Um, he got 
a typewriter when he was like a, a preteen that started his writing journey. Right. And the first things that he wrote were fanzines. I know. I saw Which that. are fan magazines. And he was part of the uh, Swedish Stockholm sci-fi. sci-fi convention. Yeah. So I wanted to like it more for that. Yes. But then he went in this weird direction. That, yes. I mean, I get the the purpose right. of, of like crime novels like this, but it was so um, – there was nothing happy in here. There was nothing no. that I was like, oh, I see, like, redemption. No, right. it was, like, the main character, uh, Mikael, like, he, he redeemed himself. Like, he went through all this, and he had an interesting storyline. Right. The lady in here, Lisbeth Slander, like, I felt awful for her. Yeah. And I, I get that that's the point. A right. huge theme in this book from the author's perspective is that his native country of Sweden, he thought – purposefully had built a state where women were second class and violence against them was okay. Right. Like that is baked he, into the system. He believes right. that and he wrote that. Right. But reading about it, um it, it, like her life was awful. Yeah. She was incredibly smart, but she wouldn't follow the rules. Her parents didn't treat her very well. She ended up getting a conservatorship. She's right. like twenty five in this book. Right. Um when her current conservative leaves, her new conservator says that he she gets to give him sexual favors so right. that he doesn't, like, spend all of her money. Then he rapes her a couple right. times. Like, uh, it's yeah. it's awful. Yeah. Um, he Niles. Niles. That yes. was the second conservator. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she gets her revenge on him by tattooing yes. on him that he is Part all of kinds her. of yeah. terrible things, which he's all of them. Yes. Um, and then she just sort of. Muses about it later, thinking, I wonder what he's going to do when he goes to the doctor and he has to take his shirt off. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I appreciate that the character he tried to build with her, she's kind of like a manic pixie dream girl. You know, okay. that kind of trope that, you know, it's this, she's she's got a short haircut and she's got tattoos right. and piercings and she doesn't uh, succumb to societal norms. Right. But I thought it was a very odd and disjointed character that she is molested. And then she gets her comeuppance, and then she just moves on into this new romantic relationship right. with Michael. Right. And it was just very abrupt for me. I, I think that's a really accurate and, and reasonable criticism. My my recollection, yeah. and take it with a grain of salt because we know how much I remembered of the first book. <laughs> I read three of them. Huh. Um, yeah. And it goes back into her life. He, her, yeah. her, the um, conservator that she had before this horrible uh, guy, Homer Pongram, Pongram, yeah, was an advocate for her yes. and really lovely. And yes. um, he is the one of the next books talks about their relationship and her in school and mm-hmm. kind of how she came to be how she sure. is because she's stunted and yes. emotionally stunted yeah. and struggles uh, making friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he ends up being in – he has a stroke or something and he's mm. in a long-term care facility. Yep. And so that relationship is more fleshed out. Okay. So I think it w- if you were so inclined, which mm. I know that you're not, um, sure. that would kind of fill sure. in some of the backstory. Um, and in fact, I was surprised that that wasn't in the book. I can, had conflated some okay. of the – you know, just yeah. because you remember of course. the whole story. Um, what you remember of it. If you remember any at all, really. <laughs> well, and this is like a total topsy-turvy moment yes. for us because usually I'm like, well, you know, in book 37 right. of the series, they tell you more about it. Right. And you're like, uh-huh, great. I didn't, get pa- it. I didn't get past book 0.5. <laughs> right. um, and I felt this, like, there were some definitely, um, 
like they're, the author originally planned to do a ten book series. Yes, and he wrote. That's very ambitious. He wrote the first two in total, and he wrote part of the third one before his untimely passing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it certainly could have been interesting because a lot of his uh, self-purported kind of muses from this were like Agatha Christie, right? And Sarah Paretsky. Uh, yes, and um, Astrid Lindgren, mm-hmm. uh, Pollyanna, right. Pippi Longstockings. Yeah, and I, I get like where he was trying to go with like that kind of. Uh, not a noir, but like a partially hard-boiled mystery series where like things are rough and you power through them and then you right. solve it at the end and, you know, the person gets the person. But I just I, – I didn't. And I, I apologize because usually I try and finish them. And oh. this one, I just got partway through and I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. No, last night I actually said to my husband – so I'm a bad friend because <laughs> you're not a bad friend. Well, it, I said this is the kind of book that will give Jessica nightmares. Yes, and I just didn't remember that. Like I just okay. totally didn't remember that. And it would be like you would never pick this because this would give you nightmares too. But like I remember my mom trying to get me to read um, Water for Elephants. Oh, and, I read Water for Elephants, and I was like, Mom, I can't. Yep. Circus, yep. the treatment of circus animals. Makes me cry. Yep. It will give me nightmares. Yep. And she's like, no, 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 but it's good at the end. And I was mm, like, nope, it's hard not to get for there. one ele- elephant. Yeah. Like one elephant might be redeemed, but not the whole rest of them. Yeah. And it's just going to make me sad for the rest of my life. Yep. So I purposely avoid books sure. that have that kind of, There's you know, a reason that we haven't read The Fellowship of the Ring yet. <laughs> Thank you. I, I know that that will be the end of this podcast, and I'm saving it for an opportune moment when we're both done. I'm surprised that you're not going to punish me with for this with that, but no. I, you're a much bigger person than I am. No, no, I'm saving it. Saving I'm it. saving it. I'm holding on to it. One of the things that I um, kind of had a uh, not a hard time with because it comes up a lot in books. Uh-huh. So this book series, the 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 main prior of the past mystery was about serial killers. Yeah. And you often hear that, you know, I don't know whether or not this is fact, I haven't actually looked up, that most serial killers are men. Yep. And then they are men preying on women, yep. which fed really well into this book, which is men who hate women. Right. And um, in this particular <laughs> book, um, one of the clues that um, Elizabeth and um, Mr. Bloomquist were looking into were these series of numbers that they thought were dates or right. places or whatever. And they ended up being Bible verses right. in Leviticus. Uh-huh. Le- Leviticus, yes. Mm-hmm. And they were all verses that talked about how women are sexual deviants. Mm-hmm. And I'm not actually saying that. I didn't look at the quotes. I don't know anything. But right. the story was saying that those citations were ones that tried to say that women were sexually inappropriate right. and that because of that, they needed to be punished and corrected. Correct. And that was the reason that these two people, that would end up being the father and the brother of the young lady who went missing because right. they tried to convert her into their weird serial killer cults. Right. And then she ran away. Um, that that was the reason they were doing all this. I could not figure out, like, what makes you think that you're going to talk to a 16-year-old <laughs> and be like, hey, other ladies... No good. No good. Right. Sexy stuff is not good. And right. to fix that, we need to kill them. We'll rape that's, them first. That's the answer. Right. We're going to do that. Right. And you should be a part of it because sure. we're a family <laughs> and we're a family that sticks together <laughs> for our perversions. Some families do board games. And some families just do serial killing. Serial killing. <laughs> I don't know. Like that one, I was trying to like put myself in the mindset where I was like, that's a good idea. That's that's how we grow our enterprise. Well, one of the, I don't know if I've told you this lately, one of the many things I love about you is that those are not your values. 
Yeah, and that is so. not what you're teaching your child. No, no. I, I just, there were so many points in here where I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Who wrote this and thought that, like, yes, yes, people are going to connect to that. Well, so some of the things that I thought were interesting, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. won't say that I liked them. Yeah. I mean, I did like the fast, so I thought this was sort of fast-paced in the sense <laughs> okay. of, um, you know, it, 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 it was interesting to me. The storyline after the initial 40 pages, so it definitely moved along. Okay. Yes. Um, I thought Bloomquist was interesting because he's sort of a bumbling, like, he's got some great attributes. Mm -hmm. But as a total person, he's kind of a failure. You know, like, he's a terrible dad and he knows it. Uh-huh. Pernilla. Yes. For his daughter Pernilla. He is. But he loves her. Yes. Um, and and he's not a, um, he's not judgmental. Mm -hmm. He's easygoing with stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, Salander does some weird stuff mm -hmm. and breaks into his computer mm -hmm. and pops all his yeah. passwords and all this kind of stuff. And he finds her doing it and he's just sort of puzzled by it. Yeah. And he doesn't what get you doing mad. Here? Yeah. Like, what you doing? And so, oh, that's how you knew that story. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And he kind of mm -hmm. just then goes back and like takes a shower or makes mm -hmm. some coffee or something. There's yeah. a lot of coffee drinking that goes on in this book. It's cold. Um, that is a good point. Mm -hmm. So he c gets a cup of coffee and then he comes back and he's like, down with it like he's yeah. not mad at her so he's there are things about him that are appealing mm -hmm. and he he must be this total hottie because he sleeps with everyone in the book he sure does and again consensually he absolutely consensually he doesn't make any demands of them mm -hmm. he's very fluid with them it's everybody understands mm -hmm. everything except salander because she's stunted like you said stunted but also i mean i think it's reasonable to have expectations of somebody that you're intimate with, but... Got to clearly state those things if yes. that's what you want. So yeah. I thought he was an interesting character because he's not perfect, mm -hmm. but he's still likable. He tried. Yeah. I like... So he was fine. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have any problems with him as character. I wasn't exactly rooting for him. Okay. I was like, hey, you're there. Weirdo. Look at you, <laughs> person doing stuff. But he had ethical struggles. Like he yes. was really... Um, he... He wanted to stick by his journalistic yes. integrity that was really important to him, and yes. he struggled a lot when he didn't feel like he could get um, mm -hmm. justice for the victims sure. because of the way that this – he felt like he had betrayed his soul, and yeah. he struggled with that. He definitely did. I, I, yeah. Is he in the next book? Is he in the rest of the book? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does he grow more over time? Like, do you see um, – or is it just kind of I the just same? remembered dun, that he was dun, in dun, the dun. book. Oh, well. I mean, that's how far I got. I suggest you reread the rest of them and then tell us about <laughs> it next time because I won't be doing that. <laughs> so and and Salander, I think, is she gets fleshed out yeah. and you get some history on her. Um, she, I think, in retrospect, I was kind of conflating her with the <clears throat> Stephanie Meyer heroine yeah. from The Chemist. Yeah, yeah. Because she also, like, sure. she was what I would call um, – I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say badass, but I'm going to say badass. Oh. Uh, you know, lady, Heavy just a tone. tough, you know, yes. um, and she made the best of the gifts sure. that she had. Um, and I just forgot all of the super darkness <clears throat> that was – because the Stephanie Meyer one could also be dark, but yes. it ended up not being dark, sure. whereas this one – Stayed dark. Got all the darkness. Well, The Chemist is maybe the first third of the book, and you were like yeah. – 
what's yeah. going to happen next? Yeah, and then it lightens up. And yeah, exactly. And this one, it was just pretty heavy the whole way through. And yeah. if that's what you're looking for, this is a great book for you. It's, <laughs> it's not typically what right. I'm looking for. Right. And you and I have talked about books enough that you know that that like I, I was able to gloss over enough of the right. um, extra super creepy stuff that I'm I'm not going to have nightmares. Good. So don't good. <clears throat> don't put that on yourself. Um, if I have nightmares, they'll be about other things. <laughs> And oddly enough, the book that I chose for next month may counterbalance this slightly. Okay. Yes. Bring it. What is it? So we're reading The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Okay. Um, It is not a magical book. What? I know. So you read a physical book this time. Yes. Weird. I picked a not magical book for this one. Also weird. Uh, you know, the universe is tipping. Something is a sign. This is a sign of something. So it's a story told in dual perspectives uh, from dual timelines. Okay. So one story is told from a historian um, who travels to London for her wedding anniversary. But Wait, in London? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's British. It's not British. <laughs> it's not British. It just happens to have some British overtones. Um, some I, London in it. I don't remember if the author is British. <laughs> I don't think she is. So she travels to London for her wedding anniversary, but ends up being there by herself and starts digging into the history of this kind of crumbling little space that she finds, which used to be an apothecary where mm-hmm. people sell medicine. And the corollary story is from back in time. And this little apothecary happens to be a store that's run uh, mostly in support of women who find themselves in situations where men are maybe uh, not as nice to them as they should be. Ah. And uh, the remedies that those women might have taken to remove those men from their lives. Oh, so interesting juxtaposition huh. of these two storylines. And revenge story. As the book goes along, you find the two stories tying together. Okay. So it was fascinating. And I remember reading it because I was waiting for something else that hadn't come in on hold yet. At okay. My local library. And I was like, well, this one's available. And I liked the cover, <laughs> which is not a reason that you should pick up books, but they spend a lot of money making beautiful covers. And sometimes it works out. Absolutely. This one looked kind of like a genie bottle. And I yep. was like, ooh, what's going to come out there? And then it didn't. But it was still um, – I I don't know if you're going to like this one. Okay. But it is um, – there's there's no magical surprises in it. So That sounds like a book I'm going to like. Unless I'm fibbing. <laughs> and you won't know till it's done. <laughs> uh, so that is that's our book for next time. Okay, excellent. Thank you for joining us on your Making Me Read What, especially you, Jessica, because <laughs> I like that I'm getting like an individual shout out on this one. Like, I did bad. I'm going to bring you some brownies. Everything is fine. Um, even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, which it wasn't, and that's okay. Right. Uh, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please join us next month when we will be discussing The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Thank you and keep on reading. <laughs>